What just happened? How did it happen? Iowa comes roaring back down huge late in the ball game with just a minute 34 remaining. The Hawkeyes were down 13 points. It's over, right? Uh, not for this Iowa Hawkeye team. Five three-pointers down the stretch. And they come back to force overtime and ultimately win it. 112 over 106. An instant reaction. Locked on now. Iowa finds a way to get it done. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every single day. We're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, you name it, Spotify. We're there, and you can also find us on YouTube, as you see my buddies behind me here, Roy, BJ, Ed, for the old timers, and uh, you can see us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button while you're there. Five-star reviews on this pod podcast sphere. That's what we're looking for as we look to get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Here we are, Iowa, in a day that it just looked like it wasn't going to happen. Michigan State was outstanding. Iowa was not playing good defense. And even when they were playing good defense, Michigan State just kept hitting shots right over top. And it didn't matter if it was from the three-point line or if there's a second left on the shot clock and it was a fadeaway jumper time after time after time, Michigan State was hitting the shot. The defense was bad. No two ways about it. But you come to this team again and what they are, and it's so difficult at times to wrap your mind around how this Iowa basketball team is doing what they're doing. Water finds its level, right? And that's what I believe Iowa basketball in general is. This is the level that is a realistic spot for them to be. Good enough to make the NCAA tournament more times than not. That's what they are. But taking that next step, something will have to change. Well, it's defensively. I mean, if I was going to get to that next step on a consistent basis, look, anybody can have a one-year run in the NCAA tournament. We just saw St. Peter's do that a year ago. Anybody can have a run in the big dance, but we're talking about sustainability. Well, they got to be better on the defensive end if that's going to happen. Offensively, before the ridiculous stretch, the last couple of minutes, and we're going to run through everything and relive it because, boy, it was so much fun. I was just happy that I extended the DVR time, so going to be able to watch this one time in and time out. Uh, that one's going to be some summer viewing, no but doubt. We'll go back and watch that one. But to do it in this fashion, to to pull this off in a game where, frankly, you have no business winning that basketball game, and yet they do. The resiliency of this team, the fight that they have, and we wondered after the Wisconsin game, where that going to be? You know, is that going to show up? We know Connor McCaffrey has that. Absolutely. He doesn't have the skill set to always back up exactly you know, what he's trying to do as a leader. He's not as talented as most of the guys on this team. He just isn't. But the will that he has to go along with just enough skill gets things done. And you want to see that out of Chris Murray. And maybe these late game heroics are going to be what snaps him out of the funk that he was facing. At one point, he was 1 of 15. Over the last couple of games from three, he started to heat up a little bit as the game went on. But you think of the comeback that they had here. Think of the comeback they had against Indiana earlier this season. The comeback against Michigan, even though it didn't end in a victory, go back to December. And they come back and force overtime against Wisconsin. Another game where they looked completely dead in the water and they got it to OT and they got a lead in that one. And yeah, it slipped away. This team, now we're talking about all home games and they got to prove that they can do something away from home. 
not just road venues. They're only going to have one left, and that's Tuesday against Indiana. I think uh, that is just setting up for an incredibly difficult spot uh, for the Hawkeyes. But we're here to celebrate today. We're not, we'll worry about that when we get to next week. Let's enjoy this one, and let's look back. First of all, 112 points, right? I mean, the first half, it's back and forth. It's up and down. But as Iowa late in the ballgame, looks like this thing's over. So Fran McCaffrey gets the technical foul. So he gets the T. Should it have been a jump ball? Probably. I, but that's going to happen, right? Ulyss gets called for the foul. He thought it was a jump ball. I agreed. Is my view a little tainted? Sure. Iowa felt like they were getting a bad whistle. I get there was frustrations. And I get frustrated with the frustrations. You know what I'm saying? I get frustrated with the frustrations of the players. And, and Fran, it's like, all right, just, just move on. And there's too many times where complaining to the officials and on and on and on. I think it goes too far personally. That's not to discredit Fran. Both things can be true. Does Fran take it too far sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. But also, you got to give him credit because his teams respond to these. And really, outside of what we've seen the last couple of games, they've been able to respond after Fran's been ejected. There have been plenty of times that they've come back, either after technical or after an ejection, and come back and got the win, including this one. Now, the part of it, getting the T after a bad call, okay, that's fine. I mean, it looked like the game was over at that point. It's not going to matter. Say your piece, yell at Kelly Pfeiffer, and move on. But the staring down, that's that's a step too far. What are you going to do, Fran? Punch him? The stare down, the tough guy, that was a little bit too much for me. But ultimately, hey, it worked. And he's got scoreboard, right? Trent, you got nothing. You're sitting here, you're watching the game. He's there, and he, what he did, he pushed the right button that worked for him. He's got scoreboard. Credit to you, Fran, because you got that one. Not a good look, but it worked. We're going to run down the end of this game. Just how nuts it was from that technical foul. We're going to go through, react. We're also going to look at this big picture. What does this mean now for Iowa basketball? As they were trending for their third consecutive loss, a road trip to Indiana on the horizon. And it was getting scary in a hurry. We were talking about the Fran fade. And we were talking about the February meltdowns that happened. Not the last two years, but most of the previous years before that. We're going to get into that. What this means for Iowa basketball. Just how good a shape they are now to be an NCAA tournament team. Don't have to worry about bubble talk. They are in. Are they? We'll get into that as well. Lots of fun coming up here today on an instant reaction Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. A little bonus edition here. On a Saturday, we'll come back in a moment with more here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Well, we're past the midway point of the NBA season. Now it's a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers, how about this? You're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. Your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-pointers drain all the way through, taking a look at the markets, all kinds of things. Love finding those numbers of three-pointers, going over like one and a half. I, I think that's always cool. One other thing FanDuel also has, their exclusive bets, like the two-by-three. How about this? Two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Uh, we would hit that a couple of times here and the Iowa-Michigan stake today. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with their same game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com 
slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, as we are back here on Locked On Hawkeyes, I'm Trent Condon, and I will tell you, I was on the right side of this one. I had Iowa minus five. <laughs> you've been listening to the podcast for the while. If you've heard me on the radio throughout the years, you know I'm not exactly the most optimistic Hawkeye fan. I uh, I struggle with that, and my teams in general. I had a good feeling coming to this game, and boy, did I feel dumb for 39 minutes. I just felt like that absolute moron during 30 minute, nine minutes of gameplay. But this team didn't quit. Let's run through it and relive what we saw in the 112-106 comeback victory for the Hawkeyes down late in the game. After the technical foul, Tyson Walker steps up to the free throw line as he hits three out of four. Missed one in there. Okay. Sanford comes down, misses. Perkins gets a tip. 141 to go. Quick foul. Michigan State makes two out of two. So there's the 13-point lead. What was it? 9178 if memory serves in that one. After the Hall free throws, with a minute 30 left, three-pointer from Peyton Sanford. Timeout. Quick foul. Hogan goes the line, hits a pair. Okay. Come the other way. Again, we are talking about at this point a 12-point game. Connor misses a layup. Chris gets a putback. And foul. Still a minute 15 left. It's still a 10-point game. This isn't going to happen. Then a turnover. Perkins has a look at three misses. Now, any faint hope they have at this point, it's over. Robracha gets the foul. He fouls out of the game. All right, this thing's over. It's all academic with 106 left. Both free throws are made again. Iowa comes down under a minute. Connor chucks up a three. No good. Peyton Sanford rebounds. Foul. Makes a couple free throws. Here we go again. One out of two at the free throw line for Sparty. Here's Connor chucking up the three with 40 seconds left. That wasn't pretty, but it found its way. And then, just for a moment, you get that glimpse. Turnover. Oh, I was got the ball back. You're doing the math in your head, right? You're thinking, uh, what's going to happen here? Ball out underneath. They get it in. Chris Murray, no good. Patrick with the offensive rebound. Back to Chris. Deep three. I mean, that thing, what, 26 feet away? Deep on the wing. Knocks it in. Quick foul. Hogar to line for a pair. He had been perfect up until that point, and he continued on his perfect run. Iowa comes down. Patrick gets a wide-open look at the top of the key. I don't know what they were doing defensively there, and the comeback continues to the free-throw line. Hogar with 19 seconds left. Two more free-throws made. This isn't going to happen, is it? Three-pointer by Connor. Timeout. Foul. Hogar makes again. All right. Get him make the last. Go up four. No, he misses. And then they bring it across, Connor with the flip. Uh, how Peyton Sanford was that open, I'll have no idea. Why Michigan State didn't foul, I'll have no idea. How Horgard, who hadn't missed a free throw all day long, how he misses one there, I have no idea. We're going to overtime. Just, you, you can't explain it. It is the unexplainable. You have to see it to believe it. And we got to see it, folks. And what a fun, fun moment this was for Iowa basketball. Are there problems? Sure. Is this team great? No, they're not. But they do it. And they get the lead in overtime, and they survive, and they cover. What a day it'd be, Hawkeye. Let's look at the box score here and break down what we saw. Talked about the defense. It was not good. I uh, have not seen the defensive numbers yet. They will come out shortly. And there'll be some, uh, some head-scratching moments certainly in there. 
Here are your starters. Philip Rabracha, he finishes with 18 points, five assists in the game. He was really good early on. They kept going to him. Went away from him a little bit too much, I thought. Battled some foul trouble late in the game and ultimately fouled out of the game. How about Chris Murray? He finishes with 26 points, eight rebounds, four assists, had a couple of steals and a block shot, eight of 19 from the floor, eight of 11 from the free throw line. Just two of eight from downtown, but just enough to get it done. Tony Perkins, when they needed him, TP came up big. Three three-pointers during the course of the second half that just kept him around, right? And though it took that ridiculous comeback at the end to get there, Perkins kept him in the game. Ultimately, they just couldn't get the stops necessary to make it happen. So then you have what Perkins did. 24 points, nine rebounds, six assists, four steals. And Perkins, how many big plays did he make on the boards? The tip-in that he had. Just late game situations. Late. He is a bulldog. He is a tough guy. He is that extra heartbeat that you absolutely need. I love Tony Perkins. And boy, to have that kind of performance, that was big. Aaron Euless finishes just 16 minutes played. Uh, five points and two assists for him in the ball game. Of course, had the jump ball that was called a foul against him that led to the McCaffrey technical that maybe turned it all around. Connor McCaffrey, 10 points, six assists. He had three rebounds in the game, ultimately fouled out of the game. He goes three of nine from the floor, including three of seven from three. But what about the free throw shooting? You know, we, we get a kick from time to time about him you know, going with a little hitch there and getting somebody to do a lane violation. Ha, ha, ha. All right, knock it off. Just make your free throws. You're a good free throw shooter. Too much dinking around with that. Go back, Connor, to the drawing board. Don't worry about that. Just make your free throw, okay? Don't, don't get a little smile and, ah, oh, the Wiley six-year veteran. Oh, look what he did. No, no, no. Enough of that. Just go out there. Make your free throws, Connor. We know that you can. Sanford with 22 off the bench, including a couple of dagger threes, including the one that sent it into overtime as he goes uh, in the game. Six of ten from downtown. Patrick McCaffrey mentioned that three-pointer at the top of the key. That was his only three, seven points, four rebounds, but did make a couple of plays out there necessary. Now, right when I was coming back there, midway point of the second half, chucked up an ill-advised three, but he was part of the comeback. Played some good defense at time, had a big rebound in there. Just given those little bit of minutes, right? And then we saw Josh Dix, just played seven minutes, uh, did not score in there. And that's what it was. Basically, for all intents and purposes, a seven-man rotation. That's what this team is, but they find a way. Now on the other side for Michigan State, oh boy. Walker had 31. Atkins had tw uh, 21. Hogard had 15. Hall off the bench had 16. 18 for Hauser. Uh, Hauser was just finding the bottom of the net every single time. That team shot ridiculous. And can you imagine being Michigan State? I mean, you shoot 60% from the floor, 11 of 15. That's 73% from downtown. 31 of 36 from the free throw line. You put 106 up on the board. You score 101 in regulation. And you're going to East Lansing with a loss in your back pocket. Whew. That's going to sting. Of course, we talked about the devastation that that university uh, is dealing with in the athletic department. And you wonder what's going to be for them emotionally. They're easy to root for. Izzo, when they're playing your team, does it get a little annoying? Yeah, he does. But the respect they have for the man and the kind of person that he is, and that showed up again here over these last couple of weeks. Izzo, get it done in the tournament again. Make another run. Let's have the Hawkeyes join in, though, on a long run. What a series this was. Two games that were completely different. The one in East Lansing, it was a grind. Both teams struggled at times offensively. Here, an absolute shootout. 
And you could probably say in both games, I think the better team didn't win either of the games. Yet here we are as Iowa gets the victory, gets a split on the season and gives them a chance. What kind of chance? Let's take a look at the resume as we continue on. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Trent kind of back with you one final time on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, a Locked On Now edition instant reaction after Iowa's 112-106 win against Michigan State. So let's go a little resume diving here. After the victory, Iowa moves up just one spot in the uh, Ken Pomeroy ranking. So uh, they go up from 46 entering play to number 45. Now, this is also what we're sitting here in the middle of the afternoon. So this is going to change as more and more games go on. I did want to look at some of those analytical numbers, though. How about this? Every player that played double-digit minutes in the game, both Michigan State and Hawkeye player, every single one of them that played double-digit minutes all had an offensive rating over 100. 100's average. Everyone, there wasn't one clunker out of guys that saw 10 minutes or more. How about that? Just absolutely incredible. Let's look at the numbers here 156 for Tony Perkins, his offensive rating, 149 for Rebracha, 160 for Peyton Sanford. Just some nuts numbers there. Uh, Hauser, he had a 163, 152 for Walker. Atkins had a 136. It was, it was entertaining. Uh, one other thing that you can look at here is. Win probability, and boy, I mean, it was at 199.9% for a long stretch there. I I, I will put that graphic up on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Trent kind of because that is just nuts to see how this thing was over and Iowa gets it done. So we talked about what it's going to look like for this team come Selection Sunday. Just on the most simple terms, all right, with the win, Iowa goes to 18 and 11, and they lose that one. They're sitting at 17 and 12, likely 17 and 13 with a win against Nebraska. Even that's 18 wins. And you go to the big 10 tournament, certainly feeling like you, you got to win a game and maybe multiple games when you get there to stay off the bubble. If you lose this game, eventually it goes the other way and Iowa uh, gets the win. So taking a look at the net ranking. Now this is entering play today. And this was, this was going to be a sting for the Iowa resume. They were 46 also in the NCAA net. That is what they use in place of the RPI now, a more analytical based. Uh, what other thing to also look at is Iowa, who had six, seven wins. Was it, I think it was seven at one point. Maybe it was eight even. They're down to four. As teams have jumped in and out of the 50, Michigan now is out of the top 50. That means that that is not a quad one victory. Uh, Wisconsin, they've been kind of back and forth. Clemson's been back and forth. The quad one victories that they had, Seton Hall, another one that had dropped out after their loss. So Seton Hall is down to 78. You're going to see that, the, the fluctuations that's out there. And this could have got dicey in a hurry. I, I told you not to hit the panic button after what we saw against Wisconsin. I was ready to push it after this one. But we got the comeback. It's feeling good. Hey, I'm going to go celebrate. Need to have a cold one after that and uh, have a little celebration cocktail as the Hawkeyes get it done here against Michigan State. We'll be back with you in your free feed on Monday. React to that. Iowa baseball right now. They're working against number one LSU. At last check, they had a 7-0 lead over the top team in college baseball. What a monumental victory that could be if Iowa can hold on to that one. That was softball team. They had a great run against UCLA yesterday. I lost that one by one. And, of course, tomorrow, the Iowa women against the second-ranked team in all the land. Indiana will be at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Should be another great environment. Game day will be there also, and you can check all that out. So we'll react to the weekend that was coming into your feed. 
right away on Monday morning. In fact, we'll have that thing posted hopefully by oh midnight or so on Sunday evening and get that right away into your feeds. Iowa, a winner today. Thanks for joining me here, Trent Condon, with you on this Lockdown Now Instant Reaction Podcast, 112-106. Oh, boy, it is great to be a Hawkeye. We'll talk to you again soon.